quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Well, it's that time of the week again. I know you've had enough, so you want to say, Yes, Guy! Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you for another scintillating hour of Yes, Guy Radio. Perry, how are you today, sir? Well, I'm excited just by hearing that word scintillating. That's a really good adjective. Well, Guy, it took you a little while to get excited. <laughs> Bit of a delay, I guess. <laughs> you all right? Are we okay now? Yeah, we're okay. Everything's good. Everything's okay. So coming up in the broadcast today, Mike Morielli, who is the commissioner and CEO of the Canadian Elite Basketball League and, of course, former CFL star. So at some point we'll get into CFL-XFL talk after we pay our respects to the Canadian Elite Basketball League, which is really doing a nice job. Richard Petty will be by, former president and CEO of MLSE, and Dakota Kearley will be by. She's the sales manager for one of our clients. Now let's get moving Canada, and, of course, the always scintillating and exciting finale to the broadcast. Yes, guy, no guy. I'm going to use scintillating every time today. Scintillating? Wasn't that a Danny Gallivan word? Uh, scintillating save, yes, of course. A scintillating hard, slap shot. Yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to work in candidating to, uh, to this kind of a broadcast, <laughs> but uh, scintillating works. Yeah, okay, All well, right. whatever. So where are you on the CFL-XFL talks? Well, I wanted to save it for the yes guy, no guy uh, portion, but oh, I will say I... this. I covered the CFL a long time. This is not the first time I've heard this. Yeah, but uh, the timing may be right. I don't know. I don't know. I just sort of look at it as, um, you know, something that has to be explored, and, and I think that uh, coming out of a pandemic, whenever that happens, uh, you know, revenues that you may have had before – might not be there, and you have to move forward somehow. I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of businesses that would like to make up for lost revenue, and I don't know that that's a possibility for everyone. I think some can, and others just have to find new revenue, just because that's the landscape. And then, however you do that, you have to do it. Well, I guess so. But what's interesting is when we talked to Richard Petty, he has been through this before because he was connected to the um, to the ownership of the Argonauts, so or TSN. So anyway. It'll be interesting what he has to say, but like I said, this this league is in is is in serious trouble right now financially. But I don't agree with the XFL idea. Well, uh, you know, I, I guess it depends on on how it happens. Uh, you know, if you're talking about changing everything, there's a lot of people wouldn't like that. Um, but maybe you hit a new audience. I mean, there's many ways to go at this. Uh, the bottom line is, you know, they're going to play, I guess, this year, but it's not going to be a normal season, and so you've got. Really, one year of nothing and another year of, of pennies, and that I mean this wasn't a, this wasn't a big time operation in terms of finances anyway. So, you know, it's inevitable, I think. But we'll we'll explore that as we go along. Looking for an experienced real estate agent, Charles Park, managing broker, Remax West Realty Brokerage, has 26 award-winning years of real estate experience. So, looking for the highest level of knowledge, experience, and service, put Charles Park in your corner. Visit CharlesPark.ca or call him or text him at six four seven. 292-8886, servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka. Charles Park will not be outworked by anybody. And so later on in the broadcast, when we have our, our moving client come in, 
I mean, clearly the one thing that hasn't been slowed or altered is relocation. I mean, house sales are through the roof. Prices are through the roof. There's, there's a lot of people moving around. So we'll explore that later on. Let's bring in Mike Morielli now. At Mike Morielli 18 is the Twitter account. He is the commissioner and CEO of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Mike, how are you today, sir? Okay, we're having a problem there. I thought there might have been a delay, but for whatever reason, we will reconnect with Mike, and, and I guess uh, silence is gold. It's really tough when you say, how are you today, sir, and you get nothing. <laughs> That's a tough one, Perry. Well, we've heard this. It is. I know you always want something. You don't want nothing. But hopefully when we do connect with Mike Morreale, who we affectionately known as Meat, we'll bring it. Yeah, so how did he get that? I know the story, but for the benefit of our, our listeners, how did he get the nickname Meat? Don Matthews, when he was coach, <coughs> excuse, coach of the Argonauts in 1996-97-98, for whatever reason, looked at Mike Morreale and called him Meat. And I don't know if it comes from, uh, <laughs> you know, a movie, a famous baseball movie in which one of the characters was called Meat, but maybe when Mike comes on, and presumably he will come on, He'll give us the full story, and we'll all know for sure if I'm right or I'm wrong. Just one of those things that happens spur of the moment, and it's stuck to the wall. Well, everybody knew him. Mike was a hell of a football player. I mean, yes, really, he really good. Um, he was most outstanding Canadian, most valuable player in the Grey Cup. The last time that Hamilton won the Grey Cup, which was 1999. So, you know, Mike's done very well for himself. He was with the Canadian Football League Players Association. I was the president. He's gone on and done a very successful business career. And, yeah, he is right now, you know, head of the Canadian League Basketball League, which is, you know, it's gone through some early struggles because of COVID, but it's prevailed, it's strong, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great success story. Okay, so what we're going to do is uh, we'll take a break here because there's an issue with the phone lines, and then we'll try to reset and uh, work all this out. In the meantime, if you're an experienced real estate agent looking for a comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park, managing broker REMAX West Realty Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call 647-292-8886 or email charles at remaxwest.net. This is Yes Guy, TSN 1050. You're listening to The Yes Guy Show. Yes Guy. On TSN 1050. Yes, guy, Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. No guy to the phone line, so we'll see. We're working on it. We, you know, we bought some more minutes, so hopefully this will work out. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 734 3055 or visit his website at braleyadvisors.com. With 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money and get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. So we're waiting on Mike Morielli, and if the phones are repaired, Richard Petty later on. If not, two guys, two microphones, and plenty of conversations. So let's just do this supposition, Perry. You're in the CFL Commissioner's Office. You have no revenues from last year. Uh, you're looking at uh, minimal revenues this year. And you understand that probably the revenues that you had would would remain, but not really increase. What do you do? What would you do in that situation? Well, I'd be praying big time right now. Or, or more importantly, what I'd be doing is I'd be relying on the owners who have 
sufficient capital to perhaps loan the CFL the money and to, you know, for later on, get that money back because there are some owners in the CFL with deep pockets. So they're going to have to, the league has to be very creative in trying to find the money to operate when they're basically, I think it was revealed last year that they were, you know, running at a deficit of like $20 million. So what I find interesting about all this is when I was covering the CFL in the late 90s, there were all kinds of problems with finances. You know, there were, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders had a telethon. So here we are all these years later, and there's still a problem with financing. So, you know, I guess it doesn't matter so much who's running the league, how the Toronto Argonauts are doing. It's basically, does the CFL matter? Is it relevant? Do people care about the CFL? Because it's been around for more than 100 years. And yet it seems to be struggling financially, even when it seems like it's doing well. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting uh, situation because in some markets it's, uh, it is the item. Uh, in other markets, namely Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, there's a struggle there. And maybe one of those three would be okay, but to have three of them is a bit of a problem. So you, so then you have to do the demographic research and figure out who you're not attracting and how you would go about bridging that gap. And, you know, do you do it in your existing format or do you change the format? Yeah, I think you may have to change the format. I think the eventual, you know, play to the CFL is they may have to operate with only teams in the West. And when you think about Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal, Historically, these teams have always tried to get big, high-profile players, some of them CFL stars, some of them NFL stars, just because they need to get the market share, whereas you know, other franchises out west, they just build, and they seem to get the fan support because the CFL really matters out west, in some cases because there's not a lot of other products, sports products, you know, to engage. In Saskatchewan, that's it. It's the Rough Riders. It doesn't matter where you go in the province. It matters. You know, people really embrace the Rough Riders. There just doesn't seem to be that um, love affair, that um, connection in Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, and it never really has been. So it's a question of, is the problem the model? Is the model not sustainable anymore? Because in the major markets, it just doesn't work. Well, and I think if you did a study and, and figured out where it does work, it's because it's a, a very important part of the community. And I don't know if uh, Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver, are, or maybe it's just one of the three is too big for that. Uh, I, you know, I know for a fact the Argos have great community outreach programs, but, you know, I, I, I think if you asked a lot of people, they wouldn't understand that. So I, I don't know how, how you bridge that gap. And, and so I, I would suggest to you that a talk with the XFL, uh, provided you don't have to totally – change everything would work but then you get the classic debate about canadian football and american football and, and what is the blend uh without ruining the cfl brand and i don't know what that is because clearly there's a football uh, field size difference and and a down difference and some other uh, rules that that just we we've grown to love here that that you don't want to say goodbye to but when you're facing uh, a major fork in the road uh, maybe you have to sort of bite the lip on some of that stuff you know, I think the great problem right now is when this story broke, it was a XFL, like this, this brand that has failed twice already, and why is the CFL engaging in any talks with the XFL? And some people say it's because Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, 
is behind the XFL, whereas before it was Vince McMahon. But I think it's just, it's kind of like there's a lot of uncertainty. The story broke, but it was everyone seems to be guessing what exactly is going to be the relationship, the partnership. Is it going to affect the way the CFL games are played right now with three downs? Or is it going to be four downs? Or is there going to be a a field that's closer to American size, size field versus the Canadian size field. So until uh, this information seems to uh, be dispensed in a way that, that people will understand it, there just is a lot of fear and anxiety because it just seems like, why are they going to the XFL? And I've said this before. Vince McMahon tried to buy the CFL back when I was covering it in the 90s, and they basically blew him off. He wanted to start a football league because I guess he couldn't get any kind of uh, traction with the NFL. It didn't work. So he comes to the CFL and they say no. Now they were, you know, they were suffering financial, you know, um, problems back then, just as I said they are right now. So now they're going back to not Vince McMahon, but they're going to the current ownership of the XFL. So has anything really changed I don't think anything's really changed, but now the story has come out. And, and let's remember that that Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the Kane Football League, came up with this thing called CFL 2.0. So he was reaching out to you know, football leagues in Europe and other parts of the world to sort of create a relationship and brought in, you know, made it available so that some of these players from these countries could be part of the CFL. I think what he was trying to do was grow the product so he could perhaps get, you know, money from from TV licensing or or anything like that. And also, let's take into account that he was talking about Atlantic Canada. So it seems for right now, this whole idea of Atlantic Canada is never going to happen. And it also makes you wonder, is the CFL model, as it exists right now, in trouble or in in a a way it's going to be changing that, that forevermore? Whether that's a reduction of teams, whether that's a change of rules, it's a very interesting time right now, but it's also a time for concern for anybody who follows the CFL. Well, I, I think that you could apply just general business knowledge to it and understand that uh, going through a year plus of uh, altered revenue or zero revenue due to a pandemic, that you've got to redo your business plan. And I, and I think, you know, if you, there's a couple of points there that I'd like to go back over. Um, if you're running an operation, you know what the projections are. And, and clearly, the projections that you had exactly a year ago are, are no longer valid. They've been altered. Then you have to, as I said earlier, probably look for for new money, uh, you know, the, the XFL CFL marriage would be based on. I have to believe uh, TV revenue. Uh, that would be the only thing that would drive this. Uh, uh, there's no other reason. What else would you share? You're not going to share your gate revenue. So there has to be, a, 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 you know, a, sort of a big pot at, at the end of the day for American television, which which the CFL has been chasing, quite frankly, for for years, if not decades. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's what the talks are. We're going to do this and see if we can get a TV deal. There's no TV deal gone. Everybody goes back to their corner, and away we go. And, and, you know, quite frankly, that's due diligence. That's something that has to be done. If you don't do that, you're not doing your job. You know, I agree with that, but I also wonder why is the NFL, is there no longer a chance to have a partnership? Because the CFL did have a partnership with the NFL. So I wonder, is that totally exhausted? Does the NFL have no interest in the CFL? And that's why the CFL has gone towards the XFL. 
But I also think the current model from a business standpoint, they're probably going to have to change, you know, the amount of money that they're paying the players. And the one thing that I thought about is you could potentially have the CFL and XFL players playing in each other's leagues. So they'd have a chance to make more money. Basically, they'd be playing almost year round. But there is a potential there to sort of cut back the expenses for CFL players, yet allow them to make money playing in the U.S. And again, that, that's totally supposition on my part, but there is no clear delineation of any information right now that allows anybody to understand what exactly is happening with the CFL and XFL. It's just two leagues that are talking. One league, which is operating on financial fumes, another league which has already failed twice. So it seems to me that, again, is Dwayne Johnson, who actually played, I don't think he ever played a game in the CFL. I think he was with Calgary at one point, got cut in training camp. Is he the answer? Is his group that bought the XFL from Vince McMahon for $25 million, is he the reason? Is, he, is, is the Rock slash Dwayne Johnson going to be the savior of the CFL? Well, we'll find out. Uh, interesting premise, that's for sure. Let's bring in Richard Petty now, former president and CEO of MLSC, uh, now with the, the bookstore, River Bookstore in Amherstburg. And uh, Richard, uh, apologies for the, the mess up earlier and, and uh, sort of the phone issue, but uh, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Nice to be on Yes Man. No, Yes Guy. Oh, come yes on, guy. Richard. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, I'll say Yes Guy, Yes Guy, Yes Guy. There you go. There, good. Excellent. <laughs> Well, tell us about your bookstore. I mean, you you were the head of MLSE, and now you're in Amherstburg, and, and you're, I know you're involved uh, locally in a lot of things. And, and really, when I when I see your resume, a lot of what you're well, most of what you're doing is you're giving and giving back, right? Well, it's you know I've been a bibliophile for a long time, and I use books. I, I you know my mentors were books as I went through business, and then when I retired, I wrote two books. So it was a natural progression. For, for me to do this. And uh, I believe that all small towns should have an independent bookstore uh, that can, you know, educate and inspire and engage people. And it, you're right, it's a, it is a form of giving back. Uh, you're not doing it to, to make a lot of money, that's for sure. So, Richard, when we talk about a bookstore, it seems like the big, you know, the big chains have wiped out the small bookstores. So why did you decide to get into operating a business which has almost become old-fashioned right now and secondly how have you been impacted by covid okay a couple of questions there you're no doubt that uh, you know indigo big chains and amazon are the competitors but if you really you know hopefully you have a, a a store that is very inviting and safe and accessible and you have really smart people bibliophiles who who know the stock and can connect a a reader with a with a writer, um, there's there's a demand for that, and you know, independent bookstores were really growing fast in the United States past uh, up until COVID. In the United in Canada, I don't think we know where we're at, but it is tough, and and a number of them have run into problems because they don't own their building; they're at the mercy of someone who wants to buy the building for a condo, or that the owner wants to jack up the rent. Um, you know, we we bought an 1885 building, restored it, so I don't have to worry about a landlord. Um, so what we're trying to do is obviously have great titles, but 
we're trying to be more than just that. I, you know, I have a speaker series that we had to put on delay uh, since we were in a gray zone here. And, you know, I brought in a lot of speakers from the chief of police in Ottawa to talk about racial justice, from David Miller to talk about climate change, to Doug Smith to talk about the Raptors, uh, Brian Burke to talk about himself, <laughs> all of that stuff. So it makes it different and, and adds something unique for the community. You know, I, I like what you're saying there, and really, you know, local communities all across the province, likely all across the country, uh, face this dilemma of how to maintain their integrity and, and, and honor their past without being swallowed up by the future. That's a tough one, isn't it? It is. It is. And, you know, I, you know, I ran Raptors and Leafs and stuff for 14 years, and, uh, you know, it was paid handsomely, nothing, nothing like what a basketball player gets paid today, <laughs> nothing close, but... Um, you know, I, I graduated comfortably, or I retired comfortably, and it's a way of giving back. And, you know, I think of myself as a community builder, a philanthropist. Uh. Um, can you tell us basically why Amherstburg? Because a lot of people don't even know where it is, so just tell us about the plan and why it came to be there. You know, when you uh, mentioned that in the, first, in the introduction, I thought, you know, there's a lot of people who are not going to know where that is. So it's uh, a little town that is, interestingly, south of Windsor. How can that be? Um, actually, Detroit is south of Windsor, too, because of geography. Um, it's a little uh, historic town that really got its reputation through the War of 1812. It's where it started, that war. Um, it's, a, it's a nice little town right beside the river. Uh, so it's known for its location, and it's known for its history. And uh, prior to retiring, I, I, I grew up in the Windsor area. I went to the University of Windsor. Uh, there's an amusement park that ran for 100 years on a little island called Boblo. Um, and I built a house on that island. I'm a four-minute ferry ride from the mainland. And I really liked living down here. And, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, I thought, listen, I'm, you know, running the community foundation. I'm very active in the community but I can make another difference if I put some of my MLSE monies, uh, invest them in the community. And the bookshop was the first one. There are others planned. Richard, I'd be fascinated in your transition, you know, from MLSE. And, and obviously a transition that we've all been through, it happens at different levels. So just for, for the person, forget about the finances, the legalities and, and all that. You were driving at 500 miles an hour and then you weren't. How did you handle that? <laughs> Uh, well, for the first couple of years, I just kind of laid back and enjoyed it. Uh, it's only been the last couple of years that I really started ramping up. Um, you know, I'd, I'd worked for 41 years. I you know, went from one job on Friday to another job on Monday. Uh, so I didn't mind the slowing down. There's a lot. You know, I spent 19 years in consumer products. I ran Skydome. I was involved with TSN and Rizzo the Sports. Uh, and then 14 years of running uh, entertainment facilities and concerts and restaurants. There was a lot I could bring to to a, a bookshop. I mean, a lot of the the marketing and selling skills that you pick up are applicable. So, and then you know the contacts. I mean, why have I been able to get a wonderful lineup of speakers? I've got a whole bunch more because you know I and I dealt with David Miller when he was uh, mayor of Toronto, and he writes a book on climate change, and I reach out to him. Uh, Doug, I Doug Smith, obviously. I knew him because, you know, he covered the Raptors. He's covered the Raptors since day one. And, uh, you know, it's nice to connect with all of them. Berkey, I've never lost touch with. Um, unfortunately, some of them could not come down. We 
we have an event space that they were zoomed in because of COVID. But it's, you know, there's a lot of, um, I can connect the dots from what I did before. Richard, I want to ask you about, you were president and CEO of Labatt's at a time when they owned the Argonauts and the Blue Jays. So we talked before about the XFL-CFL. I think you put on Twitter that this is not new. So what are your thoughts about all this? Well, just a correction. Uh, when I was at MLSE, Labatt's owned them. And Labatt's owned 40. When I was at Skydome, owned 41% of Skydome. And they owned the Argos. And then, uh, you know, at TSN, we were involved. So, yeah, I've been around the Argos for a long time. I was offered the job as president by both Bruce McNall and Harry Ornaz, turned them down both times. So, you know, it's been kicking around for a long time that, you know, some the NFL explored and I think did a little bit of, of a sharing. Um, so it's not a new idea. Uh, you, no doubt I heard you talk. The Rock's probably the sexiest owner yet, and, and I quite like his movies. Well, that transfer into helping this league. But, but I, you guys know it really well. I mean, the size of the field is different. Uh, the rules are different. There's a Canadian component. I'm not sure that that's the solution. But at the same time, the CFL is in real trouble. You know, it's an older target group. There's The competition is much different now. In their heyday, there was no TFC. There was no Toronto Raptors. Um, you know, it, it's much tougher for them. So they sure have to be looking at things. But I don't think this is the solution. But then again, if I was running it, I wouldn't have another solution. So it's tough. Richard, really appreciate you stopping by. I like the conversation. I hope you can come back at some point. Okay. Uh, well, listen, come down to the River Bookshop in beautiful Amherstburg, Ontario, which is probably about 390 kilometers from where you're sitting right now. So it is a <laughs> bit of a hike. <laughs> we'll take you up on that. Thanks very much. Richard Petty, uh, the Riverboat, uh, River Books uh, Shop uh, is, is the name of the store in Amherstburg, Riverboat, River Books. Okay, so mangled that. We're having a rough time here because of the technology. Um, and I just want to say one thing about what he said about the transition. The secret to making a transition is if you can take part of what you had before and apply it somewhere else, you're in good shape. Let's bring in Mike Morielli now. He is the CEO and Commissioner of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Mike, how are you, sir? Oh, probably doing better than you guys this morning. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. There he is. <laughs> well, look, I, you know, I, we will get to the, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, but since we're all in the CFL stuff, I, I, you know, I, I apologize for, for jumping in front of what you're doing, but where are you in all this stuff? Oh, you just throw me right into the hornet's nest, say. It's, uh, That's right, yeah. Well, I, 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 I tell you what, I, I, you know, I have... I look at it in four different ways. I, I obviously have my commissioner hat on with what I'm doing now. I was a player slash alumni now, uh, you know, head of the Players Association, and I'm a fan and, and still a fan. So um, I'm perplexed at certain things. There's, there's no doubt about it. There's a lots of unknown. Um, and, and at the same time, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what that press release even means. Um, so... You know, there's a lot of discussion around, you know, the obvious, which is uh, rules and Canadian content and, and all that stuff. Um, but, boy, there's a, there's a lot that's been left unsaid. But, you know, you can read between the lines and come up with your own kind of conclusions. And I, I don't know who's on what side of the fence, but I think one side is bigger than the other. Yeah, clearly, Mike. And just before we had, we were talking before about you and the nickname of Meat. So maybe you can just, <laughs> once and for all, share what is the 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 story behind the story. 
Oh, listen, do we really have time for this right now, Perry? This is, uh, you know, this is classic Lefko. Classic Lefko, uh, Jim. You got to, you know, come on. You got to overrule him on this one. That that story for another day around, well, around I, the table. And, <laughs> <laughs> he just said Matthews looked at you and called you meat, and that was it. Is that true? That's it. it, it that's okay, there you go. From, yes, that's where it came yeah. from. Don Matthews okay. gave it to me, and it stuck ever since. There you go. Simple. I mean, I, you could have just stated that. You could have said yes or no. But, you know, what the heck. So let's move on. I mean, the, the Canadian League Basketball League, I mean, how have you weathered the storm? And I just want to tip my hat to uh, you and the league for, for being really innovative and open-minded. Yeah, you know, we we kind of just make decisions, and, and when we do, we, we jump right in. And I think that's based, uh, you know, primarily on how we set ourselves up structurally, from a governance perspective and, you know, how we operate um, collectively as a, you know, even though we're seven distinct teams, we all are pulling in the same direction and it's kind of inherent into how we're built. So it, it makes us more nimble. It makes us more, be able to react quicker and, and it's allowed us to come back last year and it'll allow us to come back this year. And yeah, you have to battle through COVID. You're a fairly new league. You have to battle with that. So what, what challenges did that present? Oh, just, just a litany of challenges, and, and it still does, uh, obviously. You know, we haven't had any significant uh, revenue sources since a year ago, um, and that hasn't changed because people are still not lining up to buy tickets. Uh, sponsors are still, in, in some cases, trying to make good on uh, other leagues and other uh, things that they're working on. We're all, it's all positive on our end, but that's the, that's the, the real part of it is – we're fighting through this because we believe very, very strongly in the future of our league and the future of the game of basketball in this country. So where we have benefited is, benefited is, is you know, we were in a position in our first two, three, four years that we were going to make significant investments in the future of the league. We're still in, you know, year two, going to year three, and we're still making investments. They've just been, you know, pushed forward. But in many situations, it's allowed us to do things ahead of schedule that we wanted to do you know there were, i was at the press conference when this was announced in hamilton and i i liked all of it the 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 intriguing part or the best piece for me was how you're wired in or aligned with grassroots basketball and i think that's brilliant and it just uh, it, it's like um uh like a, a full circle sort of uh, deal in that everybody's nourished here uh, what have you done lately that that continues that yeah, we just, a uh, great, great point. You know, our relationship with Canada basketball, the National Federation was, I think, the very first thing we did. Um, and that con- continues. And, and there's a lot of aspects to that relationship to, to helping to grow the game and to showcase our players and, and, and everyone involved in basketball. And, and just uh, yesterday, we announced a great partnership with North Pole Hoops. They've been around for, <clears throat> excuse me, a decade working on that whole grassroots slash marketing slash, you know, agent, uh, pathway and, and NCAA and U sport and, and pro pathway for, for these young developing talent. So, you know, why work in silos? Why don't we work together? we all have the same common goals. They've got a rich tradition of graduating people to the NBA and, and, and other places. And we're a platform that we can help uh, the top Canadian talent get to wherever they want to go. Mike, you started off with six teams. You now have seven teams. Is there a plan to grow the league, and can people in Mississauga ever dream about having a team there? I'll answer your last question. Um, 
there's a good chance you may see something in the general vicinity. Um, we will. Uh, we did start with six. We added Ottawa last year for seven. We're adding Montreal next year, not 2021, but 2022 for eight. And I would suggest that we will probably be at, at 10 for 2022. Um, you know, we're, we're going to hold uh, those discussions a little bit tighter and, and until we're ready to make them. But, you know, our, our goal initially going back four, five, six years ago, when we were just in the planning stages was, you know, we'd love to get the 12 teams spread across the country. And we realized quite quickly that based on the talent level, the access to talent, the, the popularity of the game and, and markets coming forward, that we can get to 16 teams without blinking an eye. And uh, the strategy for us is how to do it properly and how to take our time and make sure that everything we're doing sticks to the, the game plan, the common goal. Michael, really appreciate you stopping by and putting up with us. Uh, apparently somebody moved the clocks <laughs> forward earlier, one night ahead, so we had some issues at the start. Thank you. All good, guys. Always a pleasure. <laughs> he always says that. I know. I know. As he did it, I thought, yeah, I remember that routine. <laughs> it's an Mike inside Morielli. joke, yeah. Yes, at Mike Morelli 18 is the the Twitter account. Uh, this segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and a real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 877 or visit his website at BraleyAdvisors.com. With 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money and get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. This is Yes Guy, TSN 1050. Now back to the Yes Guy Show. Yes Guy. On TSN 1050. Yes, guy, Jim Taddy, Perry Lefko. This segment of the Yes Guy Show is sponsored by the multiple award-winning Let's Get Moving Canada. For all your moving, packing, and storage needs in the GTA, Let's Get Moving Canada does it all with friendly and efficient service, featuring all-inclusive hourly rates, and Let's Get Moving Canada takes special care to ensure your belongings are protected. And get this, mention the Yes Guy Show, receive $60 off the cost of moving. That is correct. $60 off by mentioning the Yes Guy Show. For further information, contact Let's Get Moving Canada at 647-250-9884 or visit the website letsgetmovingcanada.com. And because, even though there's a pandemic, plenty of people are moving, let's bring in Dakota Curley, Sales Manager for Let's Get Moving Canada. Dakota, how are you today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Good. And people are on the move, aren't they? Yes, they are. Lots of moving going on, even still with everything uh, with the COVID pandemic, but things are going really well. Well, Dakota, when I needed to move my mother about a month or so ago, I reached down to your company because I, I found that they move, uh, she lives in an apartment, so they can move from one apartment to another, which I thought was a rather unique service because most mm. people move outside of a building. So how did you guys come up with the idea of offering that service within one building? Yeah, it, it's a really convenient service. Uh, you know, usually moving within a building seems like it would be an easy thing to do, but it is still very stressful. So there's no travel time involved. We just come in with our guys, all of our equipment and supplies, and wrap up all the furniture, get it all protected, dismantle, move it up to the new place, and put it all back together and put it where they need to go. Uh, so, I mean, that's a creative thought and, and inclusive hourly rates. Uh, what, what are some of the special features of Let's Get Moving Canada? Absolutely. So what says it's a part is definitely our all-inclusive hourly rates. So 
customers understand our pricing and know exactly what they're being charged for, um, which is really nice because the moving industry kind of has a lot of uh, different fees and stuff, which can be confusing. So having all-inclusive makes it really simple. So uh, you know what you're being charged for at the end of the day. You know, Dakota, Jim mentioned before about the market. It is hot, red hot. People are moving all the time. Yeah. So in a way, this must be a, a really good time, you know, for people to want to reach out to your company and a great time for your company to want to get customers. Yeah, absolutely. We're falling into spring now. We're getting some lovely weather and people are buying and selling and, you know, moving out to the north area a lot because there's a lot of remote working now. So uh, super busy time of year for us. So take us back about a year ago because everybody's doing the year anniversary of when all this, when our world changed. A year ago, did you think that there would be a lot of people moving and what were your plans? Oh, yes. A year ago, we were a little nervous of what was going to happen, but we stayed really positive. And we've taken this time to really grow as a company and uh, really focus on um, our mission, and that's customers and making sure we provide the best moving experience possible. So we've been implementing a lot of processes, growing more resources, and uh, really trying to give the best customer experience possible with let's get moving dakota one last question how long has the company been around and what is the if there's a, a selling point or, a, or a, some sort of philosophy behind your company what is it absolutely let's get moving has been in business for 12 years now in the gta area we are very proud and happy to be serving all of the customers in this area. Uh, what sets us apart is definitely our focus on customer service. The proof is in our awards and our reviews. We really strive to change the moving world one move at a time, and Let's Get Moving's mission is just to ensure customers receive the best moving experience possible. Again, it's a very stressful time, and uh, that's just a niche that the moving industry is, is missing is the customers and their experience. So that sets us apart from competition. Dakota, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it, and thanks for the support and sponsorship. Absolutely. And if you want, guys want to check anything out, please go to letsgetmovingcanada.com and mention the Yes Guy Show and get $60 off your moving. There you go. I, I think we can have another role for you here. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Go back. Okay, that's Dakota Kearley, uh, sales manager for Let's Get Moving Canada. So that leads me right into the copy, and Yes Guy, No Guy is next. This segment of the Yes Guy Show, sponsored by the multiple award-winning Let's Get Moving Canada. For all your moving packing storage needs in the GTA, Let's Get Moving Canada does it all with friendly and efficient service. I think you just heard that. Featuring all-inclusive hourly rates, and Let's Get Moving Canada takes special care to ensure your belongings are protected. Then get this, as she said, mention the Yes Guy Show, receive $60 off the cost of moving. That is correct, $60 off by mentioning the Yes Guy Show. For further information, contact Let's Get Moving Canada at 647-250-9884 or visit their website, letsgetmovingcanada.com. And remember, the inclusive hourly rates, that's important. This is Yes Guy, TSN 1050. You're listening to The Yes Guy Show. Yes Guy. On TSN 1050. Yes, guy, TSN 1050, Jim Taddy, Perry Lefko with you. And producer Ben, you can hit that nice little intro right now. Yes, guy.
No guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the officially sanctioned, all rights reserved, Yes Guy radio show edition of Yes Guy, No Guy. Go ahead, sir. Is John Tortorella on borrowed time with the Columbus Blue Jackets? Oh, boy. Well, I'm going to say yes, guy, because uh, nothing against him, but I think that what he does is intense, and that can only last so long. So as soon as the team slides, because they have backed him on a lot of the player movement, so you know, so right now he's under the gun because he has suggested things and they've listened to him, and at some point uh, the uh, fickle finger of fate points to you. So I, I believe yes, yes, guy. How about you? Yeah, I, I think they're going to have to make a move because they're in danger right now, even though it's the halfway point of, of potentially not making the playoffs. And once again, he backed, he he benched Patrick Lineye, so it, it's just not working there. They're going to have to do something, and I think do it very quickly. But having said that, I mean, that's not really a surprise that Patrick Lineye wouldn't fit in there. I mean, that's... I just I don't understand the acquisition. It couldn't be just to get rid of the other fellow. Uh, I just I don't I don't understand that trade. He's just not uh, what Tortsy would like. So so why make that deal? It's a very interesting question. But he had a very good player before that, Pierre Luc Dubois, who he just for whatever reason there was friction between the two. Now Pierre Luc Dubois goes to Winnipeg, and I think he's going to fit in very well right now. So if you want to say why did they make the move, well I guess you have to point. The, think, the fickle finger of fate at the general manager of the team. Well, here's the thing. Look, uh, you know, last summer he yelled at uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois on the bench. It was caught on all the cameras, uh, and that was uh, in the bubble. Uh, months before, uh, coaches were, uh, you know, criticized for, for that, and, and some people actually uh, were either disciplined or, or may have lost their job for, for not just not being current in, in how to treat people. I just don't know that yelling at people works anymore. It's totally disrespectful and i just don't know that you know i think he's a great coach but i don't know if, if anybody yelled at me i don't know if i'd respond i know i wouldn't respond I'd, i just don't know that that's that's the way to go and, and that's true but let's also know that he won a stanley cup in tampa but he's had failures in vancouver new york and this could be another failure so uh you know he may have had one great run but it doesn't seem to be following yeah, I, I think my point is, I, you know, I, I, I know he's, he's done well in the past, and the world changes. You have to adapt with it, and clearly the way people were treated in the past is no longer acceptable, and somebody has to, you have to make the adjustment or become a victim of, of your own behavior, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Yes, guy, no guy, number one from here. The CFL-XFL merger or partnership is inevitable. No guy. Because I think if it is going to be, if it does happen, that it happens for all the wrong reasons, basically, because the CFL is panicking. As I said before in the earlier part of the show, the solution for me is for the owners with deep pockets to somehow carry the team or the league through this troubling time. And in about a year or two from now, really sit down and, and put together a model that will work for the CFL. And having said that, the problems were there in the 90s. Now it's, it's surfaced again, like almost 25 years later. So I really don't know, you know, what's wrong with the CFL. I just think that people are finding other ways to spend their money on, on sports. And sadly, the CFL isn't one of them. Well, you're spending other ways to do that in Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver. The other markets are vibrant and very good and solid. I just look at this as the ultimate search for a new revenue stream, and they have a partner doing it, and 
If it happens, fine. If it doesn't, well, then you have to fix up those three major cities. Um, yes guy, no guy, number two from you. Go ahead, sir. Will Martin Marinson somehow play one game for the Leafs after they traded one of their defensemen yesterday? Oh, yes, guy. That was a, a surprising trade uh, in that I thought Lettinen had all kinds of, of upside and, and I thought he was going to find his way. But uh, I would never turn down acquiring a, a promising goaltender just because he can't have enough. So I'm going to say yes, guy. He will find his way into the lineup. You? Unbelievable if it happens, because I don't know how many years he's, he's been with the Leafs, and everyone says he's not going to be around next year, but he still seems to be around. So I, I don't know what to tell you more about Martin Marinson. Okay, we've got uh, a minute left, so I might be able to squeeze two in in the lightning round. Yes, guy, no guy. Tom Brady will Super Bowl into retirement. No guy. Uh, he oh. is, if I understand now, he's already signed an extension. So I think he's yeah. going to be there for another two years. I don't necessarily think they're going to win the Super Bowl again. Okay. So my, my question, my... I'm going to go on with yeah. this. <laughs> Jim, it's been a tough show today. I know. Well, go okay. ahead. Are the Leafs, <laughs> are the Leafs going to make mincemeat out of the Ottawa Senators tomorrow night? I'm going to say yes, Guy. I mean, all things being equal, that should be an inevitable outcome to that game. So uh, the Sunday night game against Ottawa should be a mincemeat special. Very quickly, yes, Guy, no, Guy. Bryson DeChambeau is changing golf. Yes, Guy. And uh, yes, Guy, he's changing golf with the way he with the way he drives, with the way he putts. I've never seen anything so stiff Gotta in go. all my life. But, yeah. Got to go. Thanks for joining God. us. Yes Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> yes, guys. <laughs>